welcome to Almost Real, an honest talk between two friends, when me, Camilla C.G., and my wonderful friend, Josh Wilson, are talking about life. So, Josh, how have you been? How have I been? Good, 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 good. Uh, busy. I'm busy, busy, busy. Uh, my wife is getting into uh, photography. She's starting her own photography business. So all this week, I was building her a website, uh, which I'd never really done before. So that was an adventure. That was an experience. But yeah, I think it's turned out okay-ish. A couple, couple tweaks and fixes needed there. Um, but yeah, so that was that was most of the week was that uh as well as you know the usual like improv and rpgs and all the regular stuff i do day to day and camilla how about yourself my week was a bit less exciting because <laughs> i had an ill kid who i took care of most of the time uh she caught a nasty virus from a nursery and she's fighting kind of this virus now all the time uh, and it's exhausting for her it's exhausting for me so yeah, that's been pretty much my work. Um, I did start watching series with my favorite, one of my favorite comedians, uh, Noel, uh, which is really nice. And I did manage to work a little bit, even though I have always been. So the, the point was on Thursday, I think, or on Wednesday, we had a big call with um, a company that I work as a freelancer for, and they... Yeah, so they scheduled this call and it was at the same time as my husband was doing stand-up in the evening. And it was on the same day when my daughter's temperature was rising all the time in the evening. So she had temperature during the day and it started to escalate uh, in the evening. She fell asleep. I left the room. I managed to present myself. I was like, hey, I'm Camilla, blah, blah, blah. And then I listened a little bit after what they said or asked and just a few more introductions and like a few moments after my daughter started crying and I came to her and she was having a fever. So I said, I was like, sorry guys, gotta run. But yeah, I kind of managed to do that. I did feel very sad for my daughter because she was um, not feeling great. And I was more focused on her rather than on work at this time. I honestly do not understand how moms manage work and kids. Shall we go back to our love questions? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably. Uh, and also, like, very, very quickly, um, we don't have to spend a ton of time on it, but how was your husband's stand-up? How did the show go? He said it was fine. I don't know. He didn't want to show me his joke up until the moment I literally asked him, like, why are you not showing me the script? He's like, I don't know. And then he showed it to me, and I read it. <laughs> You're really teasing this out. <laughs> You're Camilla, we do have a time to hit, but uh, we don't have to take such big breaks. The thing is that I, I, I did like. I mean, there are there were some good ideas for jokes. I didn't like them the way he decided to show them. I did suggest him to like my vision of that. There were some jokes that I just didn't like in general. I just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pause. I'm just gonna pause you. I'm gonna pause you. I'm gonna pause you because I have, I have a little bit. Um, so you read through his jokes. I just, I'm just looking for context. You read through his jokes. You went, hmm, yeah, some of these are fine. Some of these are good ideas. That goes starting off points. It's not how I envision you telling these jokes, though. When I see you telling these jokes, I think I see it more like this. You know, I really think your delivery should be like this. And I think, hmm, the theme's a little 
I don't know, beneath you, perhaps. <laughs> like, it doesn't fit with my conception or my vision of what I expect you to do for your show. Is that, was that sort of the... No, no. No? Because it kind of sounded like that's Yeah, the what problem was. was that I didn't really think that different people want to deliver their stand-up differently. I was just thinking how I would deliver that. And I just shared him my vision of that. And he was like, but that's like, it's it's you. It's like clearly you and the way you could have brought this up. And I was like, yeah, fine. Okay. I was a bit too judgmental. I I think I've, I've I think I, yeah. Because the, cause there was another guy who kind of helped, who kind of oh, helped no. them to come up with, it, it was like a stand-up delivered by um, people from the university, basically. Because uh, my husband is a postdoc at a university. And um, yeah, so he was kind of helping them out. And my husband said that he actually liked his jokes. I was like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> oh, I know, no, I know, Camilla. It's a shame. I had a hard week. Oh, it sounds like your husband <laughs> did too. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have asked for him to show me this. I mean, I think I think it's fair to be curious, and I think it's fair to um, to want to see and want to support your partner. <laughs> <laughs> Camilla, I swear, I swear to God, every single time I start talking, it feels like you're moving a camera or changing a light or something. <laughs> Literally, all, all all that we hear on the thing is like. <laughs> As you're moving stuff around, and I'm docking. All right, fine, fine. <laughs> I'll stop. Wait, let me put it somewhere. You can't. You're holding <laughs> it in your hand. Everything you do now, it's going to be I'll moving wait. it. I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll Just stop. get I'll it stop. settled, stop. and then Sorry. I'll continue Sorry. saying what Sorry. I was going to say. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> I don't know we why got I time, I guess. Now. Why it's not standing anywhere now? <laughs> All right, done. All right. So let's jump into it. Camilla, so we finished set one in the last episode. Mm -hmm. Now we're on set two. So let's begin number 13. If a crystal ball could tell you the truth about yourself, your life, the future, or anything else, what would you want to know? I know it's a weird answer, but are we ever going to solve the pollution problem? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just uh well, that's hey uh a little bleak uh potentially but potentially not good things to know eh is there going to be a world uh is, that yeah, is worth living in, I think in the, the future be, is there going to be a better world <laughs> uh i'm much more self-serving than that i will also ask a question about the future but i'm going to ask a question about like what are the winning lottery numbers you know like, I'm just going to ask for, like, what's the, you know, the U.S. $1 billion Powerball winning lottery number things. That's what I would do and then I'd just be set for life. Well, well done, Josh. Well, I mean, money, right? <laughs> I want it. Um, <laughs> all right. Next, next question, I guess. Is there something that you've dreamed of doing for a long time? And why haven't you done it? Wow. I dreamed of doing something creative and basically making this my living. So like earning money with this. And it has always been a hobby of mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So why, have it, why haven't you done it? 
Why haven't you made that work? Because I never believed in myself enough. I always thought that I was like mediocre. I was like a relatively okay singer. I was a fine actor. I was an okayish improviser. I was a fine event manager. And um, yeah, so I, um, yeah, I just, I always thought that other people are better than me at this who actually do this. I'm going to say this. I have a, I have some thoughts on this. Here are my thoughts on this. Uh, one, yes, there will always be someone better than you. Always. There's always someone better than you at everything. You will never be the best at anything. This was something that I, uh, I remember being told in my first year acting, first year of acting or second year, when I was studying acting in university, is you'll never be the best. There will always be someone out there better than you. Uh, and you need to kind of come to terms with that. The goal is to always be better than you were before, to try to strive to be better, but not to be the best. So my, my answer will be uh, speaking Russian. Why haven't I done it? I haven't sat down and actually like learned the language. Um, I've reached a point where it's passable. I can speak passably, somewhat, not really. Um, restaurant Russian. Yeah, it's... It's just the thing with language learning is I think a lot of people assume that it's going to just be like, oh, I lived in the country. I'm immersed in it. I'm going to pick it up. And in some ways you do. In some ways you do pick up stuff. But if if you're you're not like actively, no, but two-year-olds are way worse learning languages than adults. Like a hundred percent. I mean, they pick it up real quick. If you put me in a room with a two-year-old, I will learn a language faster than a two-year-old. My brain is fully developed. Their brain is not. A two-year-old can barely hold a fork, Camilla. I can speak better. (laughs) This is one of those misconceptions that I hate, is that like, oh, children learn languages faster or better. No, they don't. Absolutely not. Right? How long did it take for her to start speaking sentences? Right? A couple of years? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. You can sit down for a month and learn a language and be able to have basic conversations. Like I very, very simple conversation. In, I doubt that you can do it in, in Russian. In a month? In Russian. Russian is a very complicated language. It's not. You can learn a few like phrases. The, true, true. Like all the endings. You don't have to speak correctly. Like... Two-year-olds don't speak correctly. <laughs> right? True. Yeah. The... Well, and here's the thing. Like everyone's like, oh, you know, kids, kids, kids. I'm like... Kids can't. <laughs> they just can't. Not the same way adults do. Kids have more time to learn is the big thing, right? They have fewer They have fewer distractions. You can't, yeah, you can't compare an adult learning to a child learning, which is why there's different schools of, like, learning, whether you're teaching children, pedagogy, or whether you're teaching adults, andragogy, right? Two different ideas, two different ways of doing that. Because adults learn differently than children. Adults have fully formed brains. Children, still developing. Up until they're like 25. Yeah. Anyway, the reason why I haven't learned Russian is mostly because I'm lazy. And I just haven't sat down and done it. What a tirade I went on. I feel very passionately about this, though. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Kids aren't better language learners than adults. Just not true. All right. Objectively not true. All right. Yeah. You you feel it feels very like personal <laughs> to me. 
for some reason. It's just one of those things like, so living and working in Russia and teaching English to children. And I would constantly hear from everyone. It's like, oh, well, you know, kids pick it up fast. They're, they're really good at learning languages. I'm like, no, they're not. It's incredible to see like how they can go over a span of a year, right? Like I worked in like immersion schools where we only spoke English to the kids. They had to speak English. Uh, they were working with native, native English speakers all day, every day you know, eight, 10 hours a day sometimes because their parents would come very late to pick them up five days a week of English and you can see their progress and they're doing great and they have lessons as well. So they're learning to write and to, and to read and stuff. And, you know, after a year, they're having like conversations and being able to express themselves in a language they didn't know before. You stick me in a room 12 hours a day studying a language. Yeah, same. I never actually thought that if we did the same with adults, it would be also relatively similar. No time at all. I firmly believe that if you study for an hour a day, like actively study a language for an hour a day, speak it, um, you know, learn words, phrases, whatever it is, an hour a day for six months, you'll be at like a B1, B2 level in that language. Anyway, this is a diatribe about uh, language learning from someone who's monolingual. (laughs) I'm not monolingual. not really learned another language. You're not. You're I trilingual. Kind of, yeah. Ki- what yeah. do you mean kind of? You speak French, English, and Russian for sure. Yeah. I also was trying to learn German, Spanish, and Tata. Anyway, shall we move to the 15th question? The question number 15, sure. Yeah. What is the greatest accomplishment of your life? That's easy. My daughter. No, I think it's it literally... I mean, I do love all the things I did, but... She's just great. Greatest accomplishment in my life. I have so many to choose from. <laughs> you gotta pick one. So pick many. One. <laughs> I could say my wife. I could say getting married. Um, I could say living in Russia. Uh, I could say doing voiceover work, doing some like cartoons and stuff. The greatest accomplishment, though, the thing that I'm most proud of. Oh, it was probably, yeah, like the first year I moved to Russia, I was in like a really dark place. I mean, I didn't know the language at all. I couldn't even read Cyrillic and I didn't know anyone. I had no friends. I would just, I went to work and I came home and that was it. Uh, and I did that for like three months, basically until like New Year's. And then I, I went, you know, this has to change the way I'm living is not good. I'm not happy. I need to, I need to focus on doing other things like getting out and doing stuff. So I made it a goal of mine to go out and and do things. And I did. And I pulled myself out of that sort of, I don't want to say like depression, but that sort of like darker place I was in, uh, where uh, I went to a pretty dark place, but I came out the other side. So I'm going to say that was it. That's probably my greatest accomplishment, recognizing I was struggling and recognizing what I needed to do to make it better than doing it and achieving it. No, that's great. That really is great. Number 16. What do you value most in friendship? You you say first. You say first. I'll go first. Um, what do I value most in friendship? I don't know, like laughs and good times. It's nice to have that like deeper emotional connection as well, where you can kind of like, you can say and tell things. Uh, I remember one time it was like really late at night. I was with my buddies and we just like talked. We were just, and we got like deep into stuff and we were sharing stories and memories, like 
not positive experiences we had and we just had like a really like good solid bonding moment so i really valued that that was really really good but yeah like also the little stuff just like hanging out having a good time you know pursuing creative project projects together uh reliability and forthrightness and i don't know all those things all those things value most though i don't know just fun good times i think for me it's the vibe um I usually, well, it depends at the beginning, but then it kind of like people who I'm comfortable with. So it usually is a set of things, but the general feeling is that I'm just comfortable being with these people. And these are usually my good friends. Um, I'm not really comfortable. I mean, um, with, with many people, because people usually think that I am. Uh, because people, because I'm an extrovert and I easily engage into a conversation and I easily um, have a very happy face, I very rarely am fully comfortable with um, other people. Um, but I do, I do love when we have similar values or like ground basis on lots of different questions in life, and uh, when you don't have to explain like when you can make a silly joke and you don't have to explain that you didn't mean anything bad uh, because they know you. Uh, all right. Next question. What is your most treasured memory? You go. Uh, most treasured memory. Hi, there's a lot. Uh, the first, literally the first thing that came into my mind though, and I don't know if this is my most treasured, but it's the, it's the first one that came into my mind was I went to Paris. I was, uh, visiting Paris and I met up with a couple of friends. We, we stayed there together. Uh, and we went to the Eiffel Tower because of course we went up the Eiffel Tower and I think it was the first floor or the second floor of the Eiffel Tower. I don't know why I have to keep repeating the name, the Eiffel Tower, the Eiffel Tower, the Eiffel Tower. Uh, oh, no, it's appeared. It's like Beetlejuice. Uh, no, so we went up and on the second floor, first or second floor, I can't remember exactly. Uh, there was an ice skating rink they had put out for uh, for Christmas, for December, right? And it was unseasonably warm. So it was quite a bit melted and awful. And my... My friend and I, his girlfriend did not want to ice skate, but it was free. And we thought, hey, we're on the Eiffel Tower. What a wild experience. And so I can't ice skate, but I got, you know, skates on and he he can ice skate. So he got his skates on. He is going around. Uh, and I have the like the little like kids penguin thing to keep myself upright because the ice is like it's wibbly wobbly. It's full of puddles. It's awful. But yeah, it, just just to say, oh yeah, I skated on top of the Eiffel Tower. And again, don't know if it's my most treasured memory, but definitely the first one that came into my head when I read the question. So uh, the Eiffel Tower with my buddy and his girlfriend. I have so many memories. I can't really... Okay, let's, let's do the first one that came up to mind. The first one that came up to my mind was we went to Edinburgh, Edinburgh Fringe with uh, my husband, my now husband. He wasn't my husband back in the days. He was just my boyfriend. We were having fun. There were lots of really cool shows, <laughs> lots of not really cool shows, but it, it's a it's generally a really cool experience. I really enjoyed. I loved Scotland. I loved Edinburgh. So we were just wandering around the city at night, and there was this place. I don't even remember where exactly it was. I think it was. 
like a small garden next to a university building or next to the big to the castle that they have like in in the city center and there were some like blue lights or something it was very romantic very nice and we were kind of at the point in our relationship when he was supposed to propose it was kind of going there Mm -hmm. and it was the best moment to do this like i was sitting there i was like that's like the right time um (laughs) and i remember him turning to me and he was like i know it feels like the right time but i don't have the ring (laughs) (laughs) self-aware so (laughs) self-aware but it's like real actually like it's so cool how things like this click in our hands without discussion having to say anything yeah um so that's that's like the first memory that came up to my mind oh that's really nice that's super super nice all right so 17 what was your most treasured memory number 18 what is your most terrible memory (sighs) i have one you probably remember that as well i had absolutely horrible discussion and negotiation with one of the manager of the places that we rented out for an improv event i just had it was just the worst discussion that i ever had in my life (laughs) my most terrible memory uh was when i spent five days in like a russian psychiatric hospital or a psychiatric kind of hospital in russia or a hospital with anyway i don't it's it's hard to explain i had I'll just go through the story very quick. I had burned my esophagus through a combination of um, like this like lemon tea thing that I was drinking because I was sick and like throwing up. So the hydrochloric acid from my stomach, the ascorbic acid from from this drink. um, And uh, it got worse. So anyway, long story short, I ended up not being able to like drink anything or eat anything. So I I wasn't able to even drink water for like three days. Uh, But then it got better and I was able to drink water. So that was good. Uh, And I wasn't able to eat anything for like a week. And we went to multiple doctors and, you know, got things checked out. And when we went to one clinic, they were like, when was the last time he ate? It was like about a week ago. They went, oh, he needs to go to the hospital. And there's a hospital in Moscow and they have something for, for this, the gastroscopy thing like a special healing laser gastroscopy so we go there and they're like okay we're gonna check you in and whatnot um they tell me uh no like strings in your pants no like shoelaces uh you can't have a cell phone you can't have like all this stuff and i was like what (laughs) i don't speak any russian at this point like or like basically none uh and you can't you can only have family only family can visit you and only one person from your family can visit you. So you have to like choose who can visit you. I'm like, my family's not here. I'm in Russia alone. It's my girlfriend um, and her family uh, who I'm staying with. So she ends up talking to them and explaining like, he doesn't speak Russian. He's going to need help. I'm his girlfriend. I'll be his like family. So she's able to come, come and go uh, for I think an hour a day. All of this, it seems a little bit weird. The doors are all locked. Um, so you can't leave. There's like bars on the windows and everything. 
it's incredibly hot. There's like six of us in, to, in one room and there's a bunch of different rooms. No knives or forks in the kitchen, only spoons, no toilet seats on the toilets. There's a window into the toilet so you can see you can't shower unless you're being supervised. So later on, I found out that this was like a, this is a sort of, of the place where people get sent if they've like tried to kill themselves. Oh, so misunderstanding happened. I guess so. So there, yeah, there were, like, uh, I met a guy who worked as an audio technician for Channel One. And uh, he spoke English. No one else spoke English there, of course. Uh, And he was like, yeah, they just misunderstanding. Like, I OD'd, but, like, I don't do drugs like crazy. And, like, I just need to get out of here, but they won't let me out. And all this other stuff. Uh, I allegedly met the president of Lebanon's brother. So he claimed uh, and helped him get out of the, the hospital, but it was awful. It was a horrible, awful experience. Uh, I hated every moment of it. I had to wait over the weekend because I think I was admitted on a Friday or a Thursday. The machine was only going to be available on Monday. Went on Monday, got the test done. And they said, oh, we'd like him to stay like two or three more days and do it again. I went, no, I'm out of here. I left without <laughs> like against their wishes. Cause I was like, I can't stay here. I absolutely cannot stay here. I absolutely cannot stay here anymore. It was just, it was just awful. It was just awful. <laughs> okay. Well, let's move away from terrible memories to also something sad. Wow. Set two. question number 19. If you knew that in one year you would die suddenly, would you change anything about the way you are now living? Why? I tried to do more. I mean, I do a lot, but I try to do for more, I think. <laughs> Something like that. What, what do you mean by do more? I'd maybe travel a little bit more around, just explore the places. <laughs> I'd definitely get a um, insurance or something so that my relatives could get some money. I would reconnect with my friends who I haven't spoken to for a while. I'd really like try to be better about that. Really make try to have like at least one kind of moment with like all the people who I've met and I care about throughout my life. What else? I wouldn't worry about having a job. Wouldn't really worry about earning money. Yeah. So I don't know if I would change too much about how I was living at the moment. Uh, I would just feel maybe less stressed about looking for work and employment and career and all those sort of things, but more stressed about leaving people behind Uh, Well, the next one is, what does friendship mean to you? Question 20, what does friendship mean to you? I kind of talked about that and what do you value most in friendship? Uh, Well, friendship means, well, no, because that was what you value in friendship. What is, what does friendship mean to you? To me, friendship, uh, someone you like being around, who you have a good time with, who you laugh with, who you can maybe connect with on a deeper level too. Like you can have some of those big conversations Someone who knows um, maybe some of the darker stuff in your life. Uh, You know some of the darker stuff in theirs. Um, But at the same time, there's still a lot of, like, laughter and, yeah, just, like, good vibes. (laughs) That's what friendship means to me. Quite the same. Um, Just uh, someone who is easy to be around and I just love being with. um, And I want to see, actually. And like, I, I'm not worried about what they, what they think if I don't know, if I look like a mess or, um, if I have bad news or if I have awesome news who are like 
happy to hear from me anything or like they'd be okay with me bringing either kind of news or either kind of i don't know content yeah laughs vibes yeah very very similar uh but yeah just someone who i love being around there you go question number 21 what roles do love and affection play in your life quite a big one i'd say um well love definitely don't know about affection because affection is something a bit more spontaneous to me yeah don't feel like yeah i I feel like if an affection is have if an affection is um has been for too long it probably becomes love for me i devalue it it changes slightly um but yeah so um I'm I'm a very emotional person and I do feel everything on a very deep emotional level. So love is one of the very nice emotions that I truly enjoy having in my life and um feeling. So yeah, it's it's just it's a it's a big part of um it's just it's just a big part of my life. If it affects any decisions I make, I don't know, but that was not a question, so. Yeah. Uh for me, love and affection are different things um love for me is not an emotion it's not a feeling love is a commitment it's something that you you decide to make every day right uh it's it's the decision to be with your partner or your friend or your family member uh even when things aren't going well or you're not in a good place or they're not in a good place uh love is a a recommitment every single day whereas affection uh, is sort of that like that feels more like emotional to me right like you're being affected it's affection um, so I would say that I'm very affectionate with my wife uh, her and I are very affectionate towards each other but I've I found as I've like gotten older and I don't know if it's just my view of the world changing or or um, just the perceptions maybe worldwide have changed but i was much more affectionate to like my friends uh when i was younger when i was in college i was a theater student so of course there was a lot of like hugging and you know but i was much more affectionate to to my friends um and i found that like growing up i've become more closed off in terms of like giving hugs or like being physically affectionate towards friends of mine uh and i think that's because I don't want to be perceived in a negative way. And there's a lot of like unwanted physical, um, physical touch that can happen uh, between people. And we're, you know, we're often conditioned to like, if we're in a social situation and we don't want to be hugged, but everyone else is getting hugs, it's like, well, I don't want to be different as well. Right? So I just don't want to put people into that sort of situation. So I don't know if it's because I'm more cognizant or because I'm more worried or more afraid that I'm I'm less affectionate as a byproduct of that towards my friends, I would say. Uh, unless we're like really close and like we've established that. I think we hugged when we were. Uh, oh, yeah, of course. In, like, yeah. We, like all the time. All, the all of us. All of us. Yeah. 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 And then we had a relationship for that had been built up for a while but the crew i do improv the crews i do improv with now not a lot of hug one group i don't think i've really hugged anyone there 
and then the other group there's yeah a couple times where we have been like oh yeah great job but it's not it's not the same to the same level interesting anyway yeah yeah stuff all right uh number 22 this could be fun alternates sharing something you consider a positive characteristic of your partner share a total of five items so you go i go or i go you go and we're saying something that we believe is a positive characteristic of the other person so would you like to start or would you like me to start you start I start. Okay. Uh, positive characteristic. You're very driven. You're very hardworking. When you when you get your teeth into something, you like you chomp down and you like get it done. I think that's a very positive trait. Thank you. <laughs> um, I think you are a very open-hearted person. Um, it feels nice to be near you. It feels like you are. Yeah, you are welcome you're welcoming people you're how to say you're happy to welcome people and to say them things like you can be you i'm just happy to be so it feels comfy like you feel comfy cozy open-hearted yeah stuff like that thank you uh (laughs) my second one for you is you're funny oh you uh make me laugh yeah (laughs) (laughs) i see i don't know if it's allowed but you're also very funny so um, uh that's fine you can ride my coattails <laughs> well that was quick so i don't have as much time to think uh positive characteristic you're quite uh empathetic compassionate towards other people you are very creative um you can come up with very interesting and moving ideas and some interesting twists in the plot um so yeah you're very creative. Uh, you seem to believe the best in people. Uh, you really, truly believe that anyone can do anything and that uh, that they are capable of incredible things. You see the best in, in, in everyone. I like to have this mindset. A bit, a bit hard um, in this world, but yeah. I think you are a very good and loving partner, friend, and... Um, maybe even a stranger, just a very friendly and nice person to be around who, yeah, who's just a good friend partner. (laughs) Good friend partner. So fifth, this is the fifth one, right? I wasn't really counting. I think this is my fifth one for you. Yeah. Uh, Fifth positive trait, uh, motherhood. Like you're a good mother. You take care of your daughter. You worry about her. You have no idea what kind of mother I am. (laughs) You never saw me in action. (laughs) Oh, man. It might be a cheeky one for me to say, but I do think that if you ever have kids, you'll be a good father. Aw. I feel like you're stealing another one from me, but... I am. am No, I appreciate it. But it it was a That's a very nice thing to say. (laughs) Yeah, that's very sweet. So let's hop into the next one. Number 23, how close and warm is your family? Do you feel your childhood was happier than most other people's? My childhood was awesome. Um, no, really, I can't complain. I'm the only child as well. Uh, so I guess it's a slightly different experience when you have siblings. Uh, I think there are some really cool bits when you have siblings to like have relationships with siblings as well, but... I guess all attention goes to you if you're a single child. And yeah, I'm, I'm still very close with my family. So we've always been close. We are cl- still very close. So 
Yeah, I think maybe too close for, um, like, we talk a lot. We talk, like, almost every day with each other. We check up, check, check, check in on each other uh, all the time um, to be sure that all is fine. Um, all is good, yeah. It is a little bit sometimes too much, and we get really tired of each other, and we can't really properly um, admit it, none of us. Uh, but uh, it is what it is. We kind of learned how to deal with it. Also, I'm very, very uh, similar. Uh, I'm like, I'm almost like my dad in terms of how I behave, what I say, how I say it, the tone, the attitude. And whenever we are together, we kind of, we can exhaust each other. <laughs> If we'll be with each other for too long. Uh, and we also know it. Um, so it's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it is what it is. I, I love my family. So yeah, can't, and I had a great childhood. Fantastic. I'm very close uh, to my family as well. My immediate family. My ex- extended family, not close. Yeah. Not close with my like cousins or aunts, uncles, any anything like that. Um, geography played a large part, but also just... We kind of kept to ourselves, I think, mostly. Quite warm, I think I would say my family is quite warm. And I do think, having heard a lot of people talk about their childhood, childhoods, even my sister didn't seem to have as happy a childhood as myself. Um, not necessarily like because of family and stuff, although she did not super get along with like my mom and dad. There was a lot of, especially in the morning, my dad would drive us to school and my sister is not a morning person. So uh, she would be running late and then he would be upset. My dad and my sister are so similar and they can set each other off like, or they used to be, they're, they're much better now, but yeah, they're very, very, very similar. And my mom and I are very similar and we were the peacekeepers of the house. So growing up, uh, you know, my dad and my sister would be fighting about something and, or my mom and my sister and I was usually just like kind of off to the side being like, calm down, everyone. Uh, <laughs> that being said, yeah, no, great, great, great childhood. Uh, I don't think I'm carrying around too, too much trauma. Uh, and if I am, that's something to talk about in therapy. Uh, <laughs> all right. Last question. Uh, question number 24. How do you feel about your relationship with your mother? Ooh. Ooh. I'll let you stew on that. I can go first if you would yeah, like. Yeah, go go yeah, go first. Go. Or do you want you you want to go? No, no, it's okay. if you if you got it. No, the thing is that I thought about this a lot since becoming a mom and mm-hmm. um there are a lot of things that So sometimes my mom does things and I get upset by her doing them. But then I realized that she only meant something good because she's my mom and she wants only the best for me. And before I became a mom, I did not really understand it to a full extent. And now I do. So whenever I see something that I probably didn't want her to do, I realize that she's my mom. She just wants the best for me. She just wants to help. Um... And she never actually, like, crosses any boundaries or something. Um, There are just, like, some things. 
Uh, and right now, I'm not even upset by them because I know that she means good. And I kind of just pause myself and I tell myself, like, hey, you know that she just wanted good things. She just wanted you to be happy. Just chill. She's your mom. Uh, anytime now I feel like we were in a conflict, I always try to come back and negotiate it and get out of it as well. Because um, I'm like, she's my mom. She wants the best for me. And she really does. And if now I can be the person who comes and turn the conflict into um, loving connection back then yeah why not um she gave me so much uh, i might it, it might be my turn <laughs> now so yeah kind of already said it but yeah my mom and i have a pretty good relationship we're very similar in a lot of ways we're still very close i'm probably closer with her than with my than with my father yeah uh but still, I think still good, positive relationships abound. Uh, my mom's the kind of the person, like, if I need advice on something or if I have a question about something or, you know, I, I have I have something I need, I need to do and I'm not quite sure how to do it. She's the person I would probably go to first, de- depending on if it's anything like business related or work related or like, you know, uh, interpersonal etc. She's probably the person I would go to first um, and talk to and talk to about it. Yeah, just always kind of been my confidant in that sense uh, and always there to kind of help me sort through the problems and issues of life. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Camilla, we did it. Set two done. Second set. Second set done. We're we're that much closer to being in love. We're two thirds of the way to love. Um, incredible. How are you feeling after set two? How are you feeling after learning all I this ha- stuff about me? I have no idea how this is connected to us falling in love. <laughs> um, but I guess it's did... just you know you learn about people and and it, and it builds like that connection. I guess. Maybe, yeah. Because even without these questions, yeah, of course we learn about each other stuff that we never talked about before. Like, we never discussed our relationship with parents or all these kind of things. Although, I kind of knew that you were close with your family. Um, I mean, you might guess it because they were the reason why everyone found out that you got married with Nadia. And not because you wrote to your friends about that, but because they posted a picture. I know. We kept it on the um, DL. We yeah. kept it on the, the the straight and down low. Yeah. So I might assume that because um, they post and they're involved. Well, I couldn't. Um, we I couldn't not tell my family. Yeah. Um, we thought about it though. We did think about it, and I was like, "You have, like, you have to tell your no, parents. Yeah. Tell my wife. You have to tell your parents. Your mom would crucify you, uh, and my parents would also be upset. But I feel like they would be fine uh, eventually. 
Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, I uh, don't really understand what connection to love that is. Um, but yeah, we didn't on purposefully said nice things to each other, probably as well. No, we might no, have. I don't think just, so. Not on purpose. Yeah. yeah. Accidentally said nice things. How <laughs> dare we? How dare we? Never again, Camilla. <laughs> Only intentional nice things. Um, well, that's the episode, right? It is. We need an outro. All right. We need an outro. Uh, thank you all subscribe. so much for listening. <laughs> subscribe. Well, that's the thing is we never do a call to action, Camilla. We never, never. tell people to listen to more. Um, we should listen, listen to more. to our podcast. <laughs> Watch our shorts on YouTube. There's videos. Um, yeah. Go do all the stuff. We would love subscribe. to share more of our lives with you. <laughs> subscribe. for. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you for being a part of this journey with us. Truly and honestly, just so much thanks for you because none of this would exist without you. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. Probably going to finish off these questions because it's. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying my time. Hopefully you're enjoying your time too. I think my favorite question was, um, what is your most treasured memory? So if anyone would share that, I think it's like very nice to try to remember some nice memories. Yeah, share with us your most treasured memory. I love that. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, take care and have a great one. If, oh, it's going to be, yeah, there's my sister yelling for me. Um, yeah, Molly, I'm recording right now. Okay, I'll, I'll give me like 30, 45 minutes, okay? Thank you.